Welcome to another message from Charles Millett Ministries. For more information, contact Christian Provision Ministries at 919-774-9462 or visit us online at www.christianprovision.com. It's great expectations on your radio. Get clear. Let's get clear, y'all. Get focused. Let's get focused. Get moving. Great expectations. With the bishop, Charles Millet. Yeah. With the bishop, Charles Millet. You're rocking with the bishop, Charles Millet. Great expectations. I want you to follow along with me in a passage of scripture that's found in John chapter 15, verse 16, down to verse 19. Notice this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples and those that would be sensitive to his voice. He said, you did not choose me. 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 I'm the one that chose you. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. You did not choose me. I chose you. You don't even own yourself. I own you. I chose you. Not just to be chosen, but I chose you because I have an appointment. I have an assignment for you. I'm going to increase you. I'm going to expand you. I've chose you that you might go forth and bear fruit. And not just any kind of fruit, but that you would bear fruit that would last. I mean, the kind of fruit that would last and in such a way that if you find yourself going through anything with what I'm adding to your life, there's a name that you can call on. And you call on that name and whatever you ask him, he's ready to respond and help you and minister to you. This is not something you put in play. I put this in play. You didn't set this up. I set this up. You didn't bring yourself here. I'm responsible for your existence. I chose you. Wow. Verse 17. He says, and this is my command. Because you're not the only one that's chosen. In other words, you're not in this by yourself. This is a collection. It's a collaboration of others. It's not just about you. Because you're not the only one I've chosen. You're not the only one that I've appointed. You're not the only one I'm adding to. You're not the only one that's going to bear fruit. And you're not the only one that's going to go through something that will need to call on a name that's greater than any other name because that is the only name that has the power to give you what you need. And he said, what I need you to do is love each other. I need you to love each other. I need you to be conscious how you treat each other. I need you to be conscious of how you respond to each other. You're in a family with a whole lot of other people that didn't choose this for themselves. You're in a family with people that I have chosen. These people didn't even choose you. You didn't even choose them because I have chosen all of you all and put you all in this big family. Now you all, every single one of you individually are a part of a much larger corporate setting, not because it's what you wanted, but it's because I've chosen you. And I know it's not the simplest thing for you to do, but what I need you to know is you're going to have to learn how to love each other because it's not just about you. It's about everybody else that I've chosen. And he says, I want you to keep something in mind. Y'all are not going to be the most liked people all the time. As a matter of fact, there are groups, there are pockets, there are systems that are not going to care very much for you at all. And you need to know something. They're going to hate you. But I need you to know, don't lose it. Don't flip out. Please, whatever you do, don't snap. <laughs> because they hated me first. 
And sometimes hatred doesn't mean I just hate you, I can't stand you, I don't like you, get away from me. Hatred simply means this sometimes. Since I don't know what to do with you, I don't know how to feel about you. I don't really know what to do with you. Because what you're carrying, what you're appointed to do, I don't know what to do with it. So that is leaving me feeling some kind of way, not because I just can't stand you, but because I don't know what to do with you. And when people don't know what to do with you, they feel some kind of way about you. So some people are just struggling because they don't know what to do with you. Notice what he said in verse 19. He said, but I want you to understand why it's like that. God said, it's like that because if you belong to them, if they had chosen you, they would understand you. If they had appointed you, they would understand you. But because they didn't choose you, because they haven't appointed you, they don't understand you, and they don't know how to feel about you. And the reason they don't know how to feel about you is because you don't belong to them. You belong to me. And I know how to feel about you because I understand you. Do you know how much I have done for you? Remember how I gave myself for you? If anybody, I understand you because while you were yet in your sin, I was understanding you. I was loving you in a way that you would never, ever be loved. I am the greatest lover that you will ever encounter in your life. But that's why they don't like you. That's why they don't know what to do with you. So don't try to make yourself belong to something that you don't belong to. You don't belong to the world. You belong to God. He says, notice something. All of them that they chose, all of them that they appointed, they know each other and they love their own. And he said, just like I love my own. He says, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you. I've, I've chosen, I've told you out of the world. Notice, no, no, notice this, Sean. You are in a system that you don't even belong to. Don't get it twisted. You're in it, but you're not of it. And you're wondering why sometimes the supervisor, the manager, the director, the company, and other people treat and can flip and handle you a certain kind of way and why everybody don't embrace you and everybody don't accept you and everybody just don't celebrate you. Don't, don't freak out over the fact that they just hating on me and they got hater rage and they can't stand me and they don't like me and I'm just it. No, don't focus on that. Focus more on the fact that God says, don't get caught up in how they feel about you. Get far more caught up in the fact who you belong to. If you know who you belong to, how they feel about you, don't take you under. Because you know who you are. When you know who you are and who you belong to, you don't have to feel like you can't make it because certain groups don't accept you. So that brings us to this great place with this All In series. And it is powerful. The objective in this series is to help you be all in in your believing, in your belonging, and in your becoming. Those that come to God must first believe that he's a reward of them that diligently seek them. If you can believe in your heart and confess with your mouth what Jesus has already done, it'll change your life forever. Believing is powerful. We're going to unpack, unravel some things concerning this all-in series that's going to shift your life for the rest of your life. 
And as a pastor, I'm blessed and I'm privileged to be a part of God's amazing plan about being all in. Because no matter where you are in your life, no matter what you do, no matter what role or responsibility that you have, every single one of you embedded within you is a desire, a design, an arrangement by God for you to help build the kingdom of God. And you build the kingdom of God by being a part of what he calls his local church. It is through the institution of the local church that we build the kingdom. This local church represents God's family. Wow. This All In series is gonna be awesome. And as the millennials say, it's gonna be the bomb. Yes. And some of them Gen X's, it's gonna be on fleek. <laughs> you know, I hope that you guys have your pad and pencils ready because you don't want to miss any of the notes that he's going to be given. You know, guys, I was thinking last night, you know, after we talked to Bishop, this is a great time to be a believer. Yes. Because for me, I was thinking, being a believer, that gives us a license to believe. Everything that God imparts in Bishop, mm. this all-in series, for us to truly believe what comes out of it. And it's so simple to just believe. We don't have to do anything. God does everything <clears throat> for us to believe in him. He's faithful to his promises. He does it over and over again. He keeps us believing in him. And that's all nice, but the next step towards that would be belonging. Yes. You know, we have to attach ourselves to everything God is doing. Also, belonging kind of brings us in to the huddle. We find a chair every Sunday, every Tuesday, open for us and ready. Praise God. And more to that end, whenever you believe and then you belong, there's an environment created. And through that environment is the local church. And we're able to thrive together because of that. And God is such a good God that he doesn't want us to operate alone or free solo. He wants us to be together yes and he's packed everything that we need in each other and because of that we're able to thrive exactly wow that in itself is incredible and listening to you all there are so many people that believe well let me even say it this way there are a lot of people that know god but they don't belong anywhere they know who god is but they don't belong i mean what are you saying bishop as, as much as i hate to say it it's almost like if we're not careful, we can know who God is and still be a homeless Christian. A homeless Christian? Yeah. Why can't you be a homeless Christian? I don't think there's even a way of putting those two together unless, mm. unless you look at church as a checkbox every time you come and say, I did it, I went, I sat. It's kind of like if you come home for Sunday dinner, mm -hmm. choose not to eat any of the food. <laughs> kind of don't speak to anybody at the house or at the table, you know, you're, you're, the huddle's going on and you're just kind of staring there, right. not engaged, not involved. Right. That to me is the it's only like way. they make a choice. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like when people say they're a black sheep of the family, but don't choose to be a part of the family. Huh. Right. Uh, essentially you're robbing the family of an opportunity and that opportunity is to, to grow so you're robbing the church of your presence right. and 
being a part of making the church grow. Right. Wow. But the one thing, I mean, I'm listening to all of that, and the one thing that all of us have in, in here, all of us have in common is every one of you at some point in your life has bumped your head. No matter what size the knot is on your head that we can see. As a matter of fact, all of us have made mistakes in the past. All of us have had skeletons in our closet, or we may presently be dealing with our own demons. But we all have that in common. And when I listen to them and I listen to what you're sharing and actually the way you're sharing it, the only way, brothers and sisters, that you can get rid of a jacked up past or a season where you bumped your head or made crazy mistakes is you got to be willing to let a defeated past go at the expense of an amazing future. And God has such amazing plans for you, not only just to believe him, because you can believe and know who you belong to, but until you take the next step of belonging, you may not even know where you belong. So it's possible, wow, to know who you belong to, but not have a sense of belonging from the perspective of where you actually belong. Touch two people and say, this belonging thing is going to bless you real good. This belonging thing is going to bless you real good. Because see, but one of the things, y'all, that kind of gets me sometimes as a pastor, in this day and time, I've seen brothers and sisters that are in my profession, in my career, and they're real nervous. They're a little uncomfortable talking about this whole sense of belonging and connection and being engaged and being involved. Because if you speak of it, it's almost like, well, you must be some kind of control cat. Or are you weak or do you feel like your church or your ministry is not growing because you don't have enough people in it? And the devil can make men and women of God feel like, that's what I'm going to use to make you not talk about that. Because if you talk about that, that's how people are going to see you. But the devil is a liar. I said, the devil is a liar. See, we want to talk about stuff like grace. It's beautiful. Love. It's beautiful. Please be patient with me because God is not through with me yet. That's beautiful. He's a God of a second chance. I've seen him do it again. And when we get through with all of that, the devil hopes that we'll stop there and not talk about belonging, not talk about connecting, not talking about being joined, especially when you're in an hour and when you're in a season where this generation is so technology-driven and they spend a lot of time on the internet, a lot of time with the computer, and you got these Christians in this hour that are like, you don't have to be a Christian or you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And then you get 20, 30, 40, 100 folk around the world. Amen, amen, amen. Sure, you can go to the Internet and be blessed by a sermon, blessed by a teaching. I'm on the Internet. I use social media. We have men and women who are serve our country who are deployed and they can't get to church and they can't get connected. So the, the Internet or the computer serves as a temporary landing place for them to get ministry. But God never, ever intended for the Internet or the computer to replace 
Place what? To replace covering. He never intended for the replace covering. There's no way. Can't replace your serving in the local church. It can't replace you serving in the local church. But it most certainly doesn't replace the accountability of being in the local church. Wow. But that's what the devil wants us to think. Don't talk about the whole belonging part. Don't talk about the connecting. Don't talk about being engaged and actually being involved. But think about it. If we allow this technology-driven generation, bless their hearts, we all are a part of it, the people that love to spend a lot of time, Christians on social media, internet, if we allow them to model for us that you don't need to go to church to be a Christian, you don't have to be involved, you don't have to be engaged, because I... I got church on the internet. How are you going to belong to the internet? We got members who, who have moved, relocated in other cities in other states, and we still pastor them from a distance until they can get rooted and grounded in a local church. And the only reason we pastor them is so they're not drifting and floating out there with no sense of belonging. They got covering. They got people that love them and people that care about them, and they got accountability. But we encourage them, listen, in that city, in that area, you got to find a local church. You got to get plugged in. You got to get connected. You got to know where you belong. You can't be floating around like a social Christian with no sense of belonging. I know God. I know I belong to God, but I don't know where I belong. Exactly. I got people that keep with me, and they tell me, I'm your mobile member. So what do you mean? I got five pastors, but you my only bishop. <laughs> so I float in and out. But think about it. If we allow them to model that sense of knowing who you are, but not knowing where you belong, then that means we'll raise up a generation of people that will not go to church won't build any churches, won't start any churches, won't support any churches, and before you know it, there won't even be no churches. So this is not a message to make you feel like, oh, you ought to feel bad, you ought to feel terrible, you ought to feel condemned because you, you, you don't, you're not belonging, you're not connected, you're not joined. It's not about, it's about God helping us to understand that we are all on this journey of belonging together. We are discovering what it is to be a part of a great family. Look at your neighbor and say, God chose you. You didn't choose him. God chose you. You didn't choose him. Come on, say it again. God chose you. God chose you. You didn't choose him. You didn't choose him. And again, the local church is that place where God's hope and model for unbelievers to see a picture of what God's love should be like in a family because there's so much dysfunction in families. I'm serious, y'all. And listen, none of us got room to talk about nobody's family. Look at them and say, I ain't got no room to talk about your family. Because I got crazy people in my family, too. Say, if you don't believe it, come to the family reunion. Sometimes, if you don't catch them at the family reunion, go to the funeral. Yes. I was at a funeral one time, and a girlfriend of this cat, bless her heart, I don't know the strength of their relationship, 
But I was trying to put the body in the ground, and she just hollering. Just hollering. And she crawling like she want to get over in the casket. And everybody holding her back. So finally, I said, leave her alone. <laughs> we kept trying to pull her. We kept trying to grab her. No disrespect to funerals or anything. I'm making a point. But, you know, when we, when we stopped all that, she looked out of one eye. She started slowly backing off. When she found out we were going to let her get in that box. <laughs> it's like she got the slow your roll ministry. <laughs> and I was saying, man, calm, calm down, calm down, calm down. And then the other family member was like, let her go, let her go. Let her go. None of them were going to get in that box. Do you know that somebody can deeply love you and poorly advise you at the same time? The family of God. So as a pastor, I can't be afraid to talk about belonging connecting and joining and being involved and you all have no idea what it is like to be a pastor and keep up with all your children well maybe some of you can any parent in here ever had a child that stayed out later than you told them to stay out you ever had a parent you got them a car and they rode folk in the car that you told them not to put in the car any of y'all in here ever as a parent ever had a child you told them to do one thing and they did something else any of y'all in here as a parent ever had your child tell you they gonna be at one place and you found out later they was at another place <laughs> any of y'all in here parent ever told your child don't bring nobody up in this house and you got home and somebody else was up there in the house And for those of you that ain't never had a child that done it, look at yourself. Cause you the child. <laughs> and then something happened to the child. And the folk look at the parent. What kind of parent is that? Lord have mercy. And, and they don't know you told that child, be in here by this time. Don't put this person in the car. Don't go there. You can go to the movies. I didn't tell you to slip over there to the store after the movies or make like you were at the movie and you were somewhere else. I didn't tell you to go to the ball game and hide up under the stand. And then everybody looking at you as a parent like, what kind of parent are you? And I'm doing everything I can to be a good pastor, to be a great pastor. And I don't, I, I tell y'all, don't be sitting at the bar. Y'all go run. You, 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 so, some of y'all. <laughs> don't even know how to go to a table and order wine privately. You all up at the bar. <laughs> leaning all back in the chair. <laughs> ordering mixed drinks for everybody. <laughs> then the person on the other side said, didn't I just see them at Bishop Church leading worship? And they don't think about you. They sit there and say, what kind of pastor is that? I don't even know you at the bar. Me and Patty at the beach. You sitting at the bar. And they talking about what kind of daddy I am. Amen. Let me, okay, I heard that. Okay. Oh, you can drink wine in private? 
Ooh. Uh -oh. I ain't gonna bother you, little wine minister. <laughs> One of my members quote scripture for me last week. Wine good for the little wine good for the stomach's sake. Don't be drunk. Look at somebody tell it is. Where the witness at? Look at his name and say, he ain't gonna bother your little wine ministry. <laughs> Where was I before I got sidetracked with everybody? <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is this. I'm not gonna be a good spiritual father. I'm not gonna be a good parent, a good father in the faith, if I don't talk to you about where you belong. Get clear, let's get clear, y'all. Get focused, let's get focused. Get moving, great expectations. Charles Millette Ministries would like to thank you for listening to this message. We pray that the favor of God continues to elevate your life. Our mission is to get clear, get focused, and get moving. If you want more information about our ministry, please contact Christian Provision Ministries at 919-774-9462 or visit us online at www.christianprovision.com. Yeah, you on with the Bishop Charles Millet. Yeah, with the Bishop Charles Millet. You rocking with the Bishop Charles Millet. Great expectations.